Well, hello, and welcome to Spiritual Side Note. We are your hosts, Haley and Shay. <laughs> He's just holding up a one and a five. Episode 15, is yep. that what you're trying to tell That's me? That's what I was, yep. Part two of Discipleship. So we did our first part last week. So, ta-da, second part this week. Nailing details right now. <laughs> I feel miserably at them lately, so the ones I can hold on to, like you telling me 15 in the moment, I'll take it. Okay. All right. Awesome. So what are we talking about tonight? Discipleship. Well, I know, but like for part two, what are we talking about? Well, when I asked you, what are we going to talk about? You said, I have some ideas. What ideas did you have? Are you just going to share all all our secrets? Was that a secret? (laughs) Yeah, that was before the episode. That was before (laughs) we hit record. We always talk about things that happen. Okay. All right. Whatever. It's not like we're keeping our life, um, you know, super secret. It's true. Well, let's, let's jump into conversation. So... Uh, Last episode, we talked about intentionality and humility. We talked a little bit about different things we do um, when discipling and raising our kiddos. Um, We talked about uh, like accountability relationships that we have. Um, So I thought one of the things I thought we could do was maybe just talk somewhat practically, even of what we do to grow in our relationship with Jesus and, um, and develop that through discipleship efforts. So um, what's something that you do daily or weekly in discipleship? Um, Do you mean like specifically in my life or when I'm discipling someone else? Could be either being discipled or being the discipler. Hmm. Okay. Um, so, I mean, weekly slash daily, I'm in the Word. I think that's just, I'm going to be a broken record about being in the Word. It's so important to spend time with the Lord and not just me talking to Him, but listening to His voice and knowing what his voice sounds like, a a part of learning how to do that is reading the word because his word is truth. So being in the word, and I try to do that first thing in the morning that doesn't always happen, but even if I can just read a sentence to begin my day with, to help recenter and refocus my heart on him first, helps to set the stage for my day or my week. Um, And prayer goes right along with that. I I've shared this before, but I feel like I'm in pretty consistent prayer throughout the day with the Lord, like asking him questions and trying to listen to what he has for me, like sensing in a moment I'm supposed to do something and doing that um, or praying and interceding on someone's behalf or just practicing Thanksgiving. Um, But a part of what I'm trying to learn to do differently in discipleship, whether that's in my own life or helping to walk alongside others is choosing my attitude because I think it's it's just key to the way we view and perceive life. Um, when we choose to believe that God's in control no matter what's happening around us, that he's sovereign and has all authority and nothing happens without his okay, 
And that doesn't mean that when hard things happen, it it's like, oh, okay, it's great. God's in control. Everything's like super happy-go-lucky. Hard things are still really hard, but I can trust that he is in control and that he'll give me what I need. And if I can start to choose to believe that and then act upon that belief by practicing thanksgiving and gratitude and still seeking his will for my life in those moments um, and asking for strength and perseverance, it just, it changes my attitude instead of me feeling like in this particular season with two little kids as a working mom when we've been sick a lot, um, the thought like, who's going to take care of me runs through my head a lot and it just naturally happens. And instead of me, like, harping on that, like, well, we're always sick and I'm so sick of people needing me, my little people screaming at me, um, which I do get sick of. And then I, when I reply out of my flesh, it's typically at them in irritation. Um, and that's because I've been harping on certain ideas often or have expectations of myself, like what kind of things I'm going to get done today here at home or at work. Um, and if I can just surrender my attitude and like, nope, God will give me what I need. And this day didn't happen without him saying like, this is, this is okay. I have given the okay for all of these things to take place in your life today. And I will walk with you. Um, and I was just thinking through the valley of the shadow of death because I was just singing the, the Psalm 23 song to Athelia. And almost every time I get to the valley of the shadow of death, she asks what that means. And I was describing it as, even though you can go through really dark, deep, hard things, even though you might feel like you're going to die, you have nothing to be afraid of because God is with you and he gives you everything you need. And it feels so much easier to say that than to act on it sometimes. But that's just a huge part of my walk in discipleship lately and me wanting to encourage other people is like choosing your attitude with the power of the Holy Spirit to be in surrender and submission. Um knowing that God will give you exactly what you need and that he does give you that, like you can use it even when it's hard. Mm. So, yeah, long-winded answer for you. What are um, some things that, as you reflect on people who poured into you and participated in discipling you, what are some things that they did in that relationship for you that you felt like was helpful and like Jesus? Hmm. When people take time to listen or ask questions and then listen, um, like with intentionality, like they're genuinely curious about whatever it is, I'm whether I'm bringing something to the table or they're bringing it to me, um, genuinely engaging with where I am and not executing judgment about whatever it is I have to say. Um, I also think the just the sharpening parts of things. Like I would say my accountability partner is a part of my discipleship right now. Like we're doing discipleship together and her like calling me out. But like I've never felt judged by her. I've only felt encouraged and supported and uplifted. Like the rebuke, reproach, exhort thing, right? But I sense the like perfect patience although we can't be perfect like God is, um, in this discipleship relationship. So I think that's key is her like asking me questions and listening to the answer with intention and pushing back 
and she'll even push back on things that like typically I wouldn't think to push back on. Like if it's me just making an offhanded comment about myself, um, she'll be like, that's not true. So just even the accountability and like, oh, what words am I choosing and what what a part of the environment am, am I creating with the things I'm saying and doing right now? Um, so I think about the relationships in my head where people have like pushed me forward by pushing back on things that don't align with truth or don't align with what God says is true about me um, because I have really struggled with a low self view most of my life. So it's really easy for me to harp on myself or to think I'm not doing enough or not being enough, not being good enough, always having to grow. And I think we will always be growing. We will always be transforming, but um, not to obsess about me growing and instead to look at Jesus and let him do his work in me. Um, and I feel like the people in my life that have discipled me well have helped me to see that and have walked with me and called me into like patience with myself and with um, playing the long game really of discipleship. Um, oh, there was one other specific thing I was thinking about when I was talking through all that that I wanted to say and no, I can't remember. But those those relationships were also very relational. Like it wasn't just, oh, show up, cool, see you later. Like I felt like I connected with those people because probably because we took time asking questions and listening to one another. If I think of the other thing, I'll let you know. Fair enough. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, what's something like when you look at and read the Gospels that you see in the structure of discipleship that Jesus was created a part of established, um, however you want to look at that. But, um, what's something that you see in there that you are like, I don't know that I'm doing that, or I don't know that I'm doing that well, or is there anything that you're like almost wrestling through? Like, I wish I could do that part better or I don't know. Mm. Yeah. A couple of things come to mind. One of them being Jesus was so good at getting time alone with the father, hmm. separating himself from the people who needed him because he needed to be alone with the father. And then he would come back to his three, his 12, his 144, whoever else was following him, walking into towns and being with people and pouring himself out. But he knew his limits as a human, but also what he needed to be in balance with community on earth and with the trying God, him being a part of that. Um, but if God Almighty needed time alone to like, yeah, to be in prayer with his father, like I need to do that. And I, I feel like I do that part while like pursuing a relationship with Jesus, but not always the intentionality of pulling away from people. I'm too good at saying yes to too much mm. because I want to be Jesus to people or mm. it sounds really great to do this in a moment. I feel like I've talked about this in multiple podcasts, but like not always saying yes to even good things in order to say yes to the best thing, the thing that God has for me. And that best thing might be me even saying no to going outside, even even though I'd love to play with my kids and I've been playing with them all day, but to take 15 minutes because you're okay being with them outside 
so I can be in the word and in prayer. Um, or like I could volunteer at this, like one other thing or <laughs> fill in in this spot or have these people over, but just wanting to pursue the missional heart of Jesus, but letting him tell me what that is, as opposed to me deciding on my own, all the things I should be a part of and all the people's lives I should be a part of. Um, that's the part that jumps out hugely that I want to be better at is, um, my time using my time according to kingdom time and what God has and what he wills and not just what I want to do or the people's lives I want to be a part of or the things I wish. Yeah. That I could engage in or with, but really just heeding his, his leading on that. Um, and the other thing that came up is when Jesus says like, pick up your cross daily and follow me. I'm getting better at that, but for a long time, I just lived in the comfort of my own whatever I wanted to do, and I think I was doing the best I could with what I knew at the time, but the more God just takes blinders off my eyes, I'm, like, amazed at all the things I just did because I justified them or it's what I believed, um, and I, I sense as I look back on my life, I didn't really know what it meant to pick up my cross and follow Jesus. I think I was trying to do that at least sometimes <laughs> other times it was like instead of the cross because that's really uncomfortable I'm just gonna do what I want to do today whether that's zoning out to a movie or isolating myself at home when in fact God is calling me to be in community today um yeah so I could go on and on with some of those examples but why don't you share any of the three questions that you just asked me. Mm. Like, what do you do? You can start with that one. Um, yeah. So when I'm thinking of like discipleship relationships that I have, um, the, the closest one that, that comes to this would probably be accountability. Um, I have different people like on staff in our lives who will ask questions, but those are more infrequent um, the, so I have two different types, I would say of accountability. One is, um, more of that Talmudian, like we talked about last week with Zach. And that's like, just kind of, here's where I'm at. Here's how I'm doing. Here's what's going on. And just really just trying to share openly about life. Like, yeah, I had this and it was an amazing success today. And, um, or this happened and it was really heavy and I just need to kind of share that with somebody or, you know, I'm struggling with control or I'm struggling with finances or whatever the case may be. And, and just having that truly open, honest relationship. Um, and that we kind of have an also a somewhat infrequent rhythm. We actually just talked and met last week about how we want that to be an established weekly time. Um, so that will, will be weekly. We've done seasons of it's weekly. Most of the time it's been more like two times a month or so. Um, but that's one of the most intentional things. And that is, um, really just a safe place to process through and like to have kind of like you were saying, somebody to push back or ask questions. Um, the other group that I'm a part of, I do that with Zach is, or I do this with Zach as well, but it actually started with, um, Tony and Matt. Um, Tony's our children's pastor and Matt's, uh, children's a ministry volunteer, but that's, uh, the accountability to pray for our marriages for five minutes every day. And so we're in 
texting communication is how we mostly um, check in and we'll be like, hey, I prayed today and yesterday. How are you guys doing? Things of that nature, just to check on one another. And that's really just the desire to hold our feet to the fire to say like our marriages are important. Um, after our relationship with God, they're our second most important relationship. They're the only I think this is correct. They're the only covenant relationship between humans um, that's that's been established. And so um, just making sure that we're spending time praying for our marriages specifically each and every day um, and just having that set aside time and not just like, oh, I'm praying for my family and I sprinkle like God help our marriage, but like no focused, you know, praying for holistic intimacy or praying for um, unity between us or that I could spiritually lead you in the way that God has, God has designed um, the structure of marriage to be, things of that nature. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, yeah, so those would be the two more intentional things that uh, in conversation, because again, I'm trying to think of being discipled and being a disciple maker. Um, when it comes to my students, it feels weird saying my disciples, <laughs> but um, mm -hmm. when it comes to like students that I'm with weekly, it is um, checking in on life and we actually process um, the sermon together um, on a weekly basis. And so I think that that's also helpful just to have like this um, story that we're dissecting to say, how did this hit you? What, what did this do to you? Um, do you agree with it? Do you disagree with it? Because the sermon's coming from a human who is imperfect, right? And so um, there is a level of like disagreeing to some extent um, with something that is said or the interpretation of it. Um, and so just having those open and honest conversations, but with students especially, um, it is about almost like starting with doing life together a little more regularly. And so, um, you know, I just even a couple weeks ago, went and moved firewood with one of my students just to have um, conversation with them over firewood. And some of it was just dumb and whatever. And, but then I was very um, intentional about asking some poignant questions to, just to hear where he's at mentally and emotionally. And so, um, yeah, just pursuing some of those relationships. But I, I think it comes down to the intentionality and um, asking questions, but um Cool. Um, another one that I was really curious about was how do you balance the organic nature of discipleship versus structure? Hmm. Um, I'm not entirely sure because I don't feel like I'm super good at at it yet. The balance. I feel... I feel like the structure has to come with a, an intentional decision from both sides to do this like weekly or twice a month. And we're going to do this thing. Um, cause in the past, some of the, I don't even know if now I would call them disciples. I think, I think they were, but I, we more just met to like talk about life on a regular basis. It was, like different students in my life. Um, but I would offer like, what do you want in this relationship? Are you wanting just to get together and talk about what's going on? Are you wanting to read a book of the Bible together? Do you want to go through a devotional together? And every single one of them had said, can we just meet to talk? And I was okay with that. 
But the more I learned about discipleship, the more I'm realizing there's just this goodness. Yes, in getting together and talking and doing life together, but how are we diving into the word in some way, shape, or form together? Because that's what's going to inform you about what is true and about where we need to grow and where we need to go together and how like the areas of your life that are still in the dark, you know, God's word is a lamp into our feet and a light into our path. And it says that even darkness is as light to him and that he can alight any grievous way in us. Grievous? I think it's said grievous instead of grievous. I read words and I kind of pronounce them however they come out in my head. Um, but he can alight these places within us. And I I think God uses us in community to speak to one another and to do that as well. But I can't be the Holy Spirit, um, nor do I want to be, nor do I want to try to be. So I want to be more intentional about that, like what as being a structure in some way, shape or form. And maybe that looks different with each relationship. Um, but I'm not specifically since having kids, I've not been good about like a consistency with most of the people. I'm thinking of me being a discipler with most of the people that I was discipling. Um, And then honestly, COVID just kind of changed that too. And I didn't do well to adjusting to doing discipleship like via FaceTime or Zoom. Um, So I, I do feel kind of the like the suctioned out parts of of that in my life, the ramifications of that, I think. Um, so I want to get back into a rhythm with the people I was discipling. Um, but I feel like I've been pretty good about being in a rhythm of getting discipled or, or discipling with people. Like I'm in a weekly life group and a weekly accountability. Um, and I, I sense like my staff at church is kind of like that too like we we have a programming meeting every week or just being in the office talking with one another asking good hard questions or deep questions or just intentional questions um that's less structured that's more the organic part but really the accountability and the life group that are more structured like we go through these things together we're going to sit down and talk about this topic and I'm going to keep you hold your feet to the fire on that um I, and I think that's why, in turn, I want to turn around and use that kind of intentionality with the disciples I have. But that also means having less of them. And that some of the disciples I did have are now replaced by our kiddos. You know, when, when we didn't have kids, I had more time um, and space to intentionally meet with more people one-on-one on a regular basis. Um, so I actually, I don't really know how to balance well, but I think... It has to be intentional on both sides and coming up with a rhythm together. Like what works and praying through it. Like, are you someone that we need to meet once a week? Is God saying that? Or is it twice a month or every three weeks? I don't know. Like, I think it really needs to be a a prayerful conversation between both parties. Um, And even praying through like, what is that relationship supposed to look like? Are you reading through something together? Are you going through accountability questions? Are you guys reading the word separately throughout the week and then coming together to talk about it like what is what does that look like um and then creating the structure like together um and then holding each other accountable to doing it you know 
both of you, if you're someone who's being discipled, it's okay to keep your discipler accountable as well. Like we're humans and we need each other. And if, if your discipler is a humble person, they will accept that accountability and want it. And I think discipleship relationships can often end up being like a hand in hand thing. Um, did I answer your question? I think so. Okay. Um, one of the things you just mentioned that I think is really good <clears throat> was that um, some of the older discipleship relationships that you had were just, can we just get together and talk about life and how you've come to realize that maybe that wasn't the best move um, or, yeah. Um, and that just, I think, coincides. I've learned recently that like with anxiety and depression, um if there's a group for anxiety and depression, if you're like getting together with other people who battle that, if you're not working towards a common goal, if you're not focused on something, it becomes a commiseration group and you end up actually um, going backwards. Mm -hmm. um, it causes you to backslide more in your anxiety and depression than helpful. It starts out as being helpful because you found unity and community, but then it just becomes commiseration with one another and so i think that that could be the same with discipleship right mm -hmm. like um one of satan's greatest tools is just distraction and so if you and i are just getting together and we're calling it discipleship and we're saying we're being discipled but we're just kind of chatting about life and what we did last week and what our favorite show is like we're not actually pursuing something so i think that's um so crucial to have something that we're chasing after together whether that's intentional um, discipleship questions. Like I think about John Wesley's, um, mm -hmm. accountability questions are powerful Intense. prodding and, um, uh, very intentional. Um, or if it is going through a book of the Bible or going through another, um, like devotional book or some other sort of, um, spiritual growth book, um, just seeking to pursue Jesus together and what that, when that looks like, um, and I know we've been saying a lot about intentional question asking, um, and that might feel really vague or repetitive, but like the more I boil it down, like discipleship down, it really is like reading the Bible and asking questions and reading the Bible and asking questions and reading the Bible and asking mm -hmm. questions. Um, and you mentioned getting alone with God, obviously. And I would say that that's a part of that reading the Bible part um, is doing that alone, but then asking questions because we're not meant to read it in isolation, but within community. So coming together and having iron sharpen iron and, and really seek to pursue Jesus together in those ways. Um, because when I ask questions, it just stirs something in me. Or when I get asked questions, it just causes me to think about things differently. Um, even we'll just take an example from like an hour ago, we were eating dinner and um, I had a plate full. And one of the things I'm trying to do better about is portion sizes because like my body's just used to eating a lot of food um, because I like to eat a lot of food because I'm, um, I like my, my taste buds, like know what they like. And so I just go with that. Um, anyways. And like I sat down with a plate of food and Haley goes, so like, is that a healthy portion size? Like I had a full plate of food and I like looked at it. And I was like, I mean, probably not, but like I had to think about it and I said probably because I'm like, I would guess since you're asking the question that it's no, but like that seems like an acceptable portion size because my perception or my reality of how I operate was like, 
healthy portion is just like one plate. It's not going back for seconds. Um, and so if I just have only one plate, then I'm, I'm good. Yeah, that's a healthy portion size. Um, and just like her asking that question caused me to think like, wait, is this? No, this is still too much food because our plates are rather large. Um, and so I don't actually need that much food per meal um, to sustain. And so like just her asking that question just caused me to process through like what that means. And she's like, well, how do you get better at retraining your brain? And I was like, honestly, it's just conversations like this. Like, again, it's just asking questions or being asked questions and processing through things. So now hopefully I'll think like, oh, yeah, a healthy portion does not mean filling up one plate full. It's actually uh, a certain amount of food on my plate, not just a plate. So, mm. yeah. And I, I think that that's all kind of tied into that accountability piece and, mm. um, and just discipling together, mm-hmm. pursuing something. But Well, and I, um, when I was saying, I would ask the people I was discipling, like, how do you want to do this? And they wanted to get together to just talk about life. I feel like God has given me the gift, like, of asking intentional questions without me really having to think much about it because I get curious about people and their stories, and I want to know things about people. So it's more natural for me to ask questions. So I feel like even those relationships, I was, like, pressing into places and bringing the word into it and trying to recenter it around Jesus as we were talking, but to intentionally, like, have the other person be in the word with you to help retrain their brain in a sense, right? Like not just having the conversation, but then we both have to make decisions, right? Like uh, with your example, like we could have that conversation, you could walk away and do nothing different, but it's the intentional choice. It's so, it really just comes down to intentionality. The intentional choice of like the next time you get food, thinking through something, or for me, like the next time I feel irritated when, (laughs) well, like when I was just um, putting Athalia to bed for the second time before we came up to do the podcast. And she's all about snuggling right now. But her snuggling is constantly moving around, getting as close to your body as possible, whacking you in the head many times. Um, just rolling around in a circle really just feels like it almost felt like irritating. But instead of responding in irritation, as I'm pursuing peace and patience and discipleship, choosing that in the way that I respond and allowing her to be this beautiful, sweet little girl. So I think a part of it for me is in those moments, like specifically with my kiddos, intentionally choosing to cherish the moments, even when they're frustrating or not my kids frustrating, even when the moment might be, feel frustrating because I just got knocked in the face again for the third time. And it hurts. Gosh darn it. When, when you have a, a broad or a tall nose and your bone gets hit three times in a row, but just like breathing in and out and allowing God to give me peace and patience and knowing it's okay to respond as a human because... I'm a human and I mess up and God's grace covers that, but it's not okay to just stay in the places wherever we are. Um, if we're truly wanting to grow and go in the, the way of truth in life. Um, and I think discipleship is calling others to do that with you. Lately, I 
keep asking God, like, what, what are you saying to me? What do you want from me? And I just hear Jesus say, follow me. And I say, okay, I don't know what that looks like, but I will follow you. So just the intentionality um, in inviting other people to follow. And not follow me, but follow Jesus. Um, and so just really asking, asking with intention what God wants. And when he says, follow me, intentionally following when I might not even know exactly what that looks like, but diving diving into it with him daily and then asking others to join us in that walk. And with our kiddos, it, it's pretty easy to ask that because they're with us all the time. Um, but what does it look like to look outside my walls and intentionally call other people to follow Jesus, even if they don't know Jesus? Like just taking their next step might be just asking questions or even in, in an initial relationship conversation that could turn into discipleship is just like, hey, Tell me your story. Like, who are you? What's happened in your life? Um, I'm kind of all over the place. Shay had to leave the room because Hagen was crying. And now you're back. And you don't know what I said for two minutes. So that's kind of cool. No, but I am curious. Do you think everyone's going to be really annoyed with us saying intentional or intentionality? Maybe, but hopefully or... it sticks because repetition is key. It's true. Um, I just, I, I also don't, like, I'm... I'm just honestly processing in the conversation. I'm like, okay, are we are we almost copping out with the intentional aspect? Like, we keep saying intentionality, but what what does that actually look like for for us? We're asking intentional questions or pursuing, but or pursuing other people, pursuing Jesus intentionally. Um, but I just I think about like you're gonna have to give up something to be a disciple. Um, you're going to have to lose things. You're going to have to sacrifice things. And all that's, it, uh, again, an intentional choice. Um, but I just think about even the calling of the of the, the apostles and, and leaving um, their life of fishermen, leaving their life of being a tax collector, leaving their lives, um, leaving their families in order to, to follow Jesus. And just this idea of like, what are we willing to give up? Because it feels like a lot of people in, at least in our culture in, in the United States, want a comfortable Christianity. Um, and I fear for, I fear for discipleship amongst comfortable Christianity. Um, and I say that because I fear that it's not actual discipleship, mm -hmm. but that it is an addition to the life that they have. It's like, mm -hmm. oh yeah, I'm, I, I'm this person. I do this thing, and I'm also a Christian. Um, mm -hmm. But when you have to pick up your cross and die daily, you're a Christian who lives in America. You're a Christian who has a job. You're a Christ follower who um, owns a house or whatever. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know. There's, I just, yeah. I want discipleship to be real. I want it to be authentic. 
I want to be honest where we're at. I don't want to pretend like we're amazing. I don't want to be Pharisaic or um, like just have this where we're preaching on the street corners to make it look like and sound like we're closer to Jesus than we mm-hmm. actually are. But I, I want to, in our authenticity, actually get closer to Jesus, um, actually yeah. pursue his word, sacrificing and, and killing the selfishness of things that like I, I want to um, I want to sleep in and I want to watch my show and I want to do this and I want, and, and you're pushing aside Jesus left and right throughout the day because like most people, some people I get are, are really struggling and they have that where they literally are going from work from, you know, 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. and, and they, and they need that time of rest. And, and so trying to, um, read the word is actually difficult, but honestly, I think we just make a lot of micro decisions throughout the day that, that just unintentionally, um, push Jesus aside. And again, I think that's Satan's use of distraction, whether that's social media or rest or even, um, I, I think it could be other things that appear to be good, but we're, um, trying to be perfect in them. We're spending too mm-hmm. much time and, and yeah. either overanalyzing or just over overdoing it, whether that's um, different yard work or, or building something or working out or whatever, where we're just like going over the top with it and we're actually sacrificing our spiritual selves at the altar of our of our stuff or our human selves or mm-hmm. our comfortability. And so, um, yeah, I just, I, I just want real discipleship in really across the globe, but I, I, I can't affect, I mean, I, I, I get, I can in this day and age of technology, but like, I, I believe that I have to be a part of authentic discipleship and real discipleship in my own life, in our context of our family. And that spreads out into our accountability and to the calling that God has for us at our church that we can influence and we can affect and we can bring about true discipleship, um, and causing people through good questions to pursue Jesus and to search the caverns of their souls um, in a new way. Um, Cause that's something that I, I've been wondering through even lately, like how do I help somebody a- and push and challenge somebody who they're answering the question in all the right ways, but like you're sitting there and you're like, it's just all surface level. Like mm. I, I, there, there's more, like there's gotta be more. And, and, and not to say like, I'm trying to cause somebody to have issues, right? Like yeah. uh, if somebody's really just doing good and everything seems to be going fine, like that's, that's awesome. But like, I, I want to get at the core of your motives and your desires and, mm-hmm. and your, your unique abilities and giftings of how God has wired you. And let's not just stay at the surface. But when you stay at the surface, it makes me like question your ability to do the deep dive and to, honestly, like how has Jesus affected you? Because if your answers are surface level, has Jesus only affected you at a surface level mm. or has he penetrated the de- very depths of your identity causing an identity crisis within you? Cause that's what coming to Jesus is what's surrendering and mm. receiving him is an identity crisis. It's a death to self and it's a putting on of him. And so um, if he hasn't caused an identity crisis in you, then I, I would just sit with that. Because I'm, I'm not saying that you're not really a disciple if he hasn't done that. Like you might love Jesus and believe in Jesus and have received him in your heart. But at what depth have you allowed him to penetrate your very soul mm. and to affect the nature, the way you think, the way you operate, um, the way you love, the way you see people, the way you philosophize, um, the way you create methods and organization. Like 
if he hasn't penetrated those, then then keep chasing, keep chasing. Um, and we always need to be keep chasing. Don't get me wrong, but um, he needs to he needs to affect every area of your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. So that was my little rant. I wouldn't call it a rant, but that was, I think it was very true. And I want anybody here, like, there's grace. Yeah. There absolutely is. Um, but man, it today can just push you into like a, okay, like something's got to change. I hope it does. Mm-hmm. I truly hope it does. Um, and not to expect perfection from yourself. That is an unrealistic, unfair perspective, uh, expectation. I was going to say perspective, expectation that is going to drive you deeper into this hole of, I can figure it out. What you need to, where you need to go is deeper into surrender Mm -hmm. and let God show you what he has for you. Yeah. So. Great. Cool. It's a good place to end. And tell parables. That was the thing from the Bible that I don't do. Tell a good parable. <laughs> I wish I could do that. Well, thanks, everybody. I hope you enjoyed part two. Um, I hope it was intentional. <laughs> yes. As you intentionally listen to this intentional recorded podcast. Too much? A little much. Okay. Um, well, thanks, everybody. <laughs> so good to be with you. I, I Genuinely, I, I hope that this was beneficial. Yeah. Um, it was actually a little bit hard to, like, skip off of last week. We were, like, quick listening to last week's episode, trying to figure out, what. okay, what all do we say? Um, but I hope that this is helpful. And um, if you made it to the end, well done. Well done. You won a million dollars. So no, thank you very much. Oh, yeah, I have to follow it up with that didn't actually, that's not actually true. But um, we are so thankful for you all, and we will see you soon, hopefully. Hopefully we're friends, and we'll see you soon. <laughs> yeah, have a good week. <laughs> Later.